0: Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast, aka your holistic guide to being a wealthy woman. I'm your host, Donnie, and on this show, I talk to the dopest women experts, entrepreneurs, influencers, corporate baddies, and occasional wildcard guests while they share their wisdom from the experiences that brought them to where they are today. So let's upgrade our lives together, but more importantly, let's get wealthy. Today on the show, we have Naomi. She is an influencer manager with Boost Society, and she's also an influencer coach. And she herself has actually been an influencer for the past 10 years. So as you can imagine, she is very well versed in how to navigate and negotiate brand deals and increase your pay as an influencer. And during her journey, she has figured out the best methods and strategies for influencers to make a sustainable income. Naomi is a pro at this. She has negotiated over a million dollars in brand deals, and she's helped a lot of her students do the same, but more importantly, she teaches influencers and micro-influencers the strategies that they need to know in order to not get taken advantage of by brands and get paid what they're worth. She breaks it all down in this interview, so definitely pay close attention to everything she says because she is giving all kinds of free game on this episode. So let's get into it. I'm excited. So, like I was telling you before we begin, I am like kind of like a super fan. I watch yourself constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that well,
1: that is a huge compliment. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, because I'm I'm really um, kind of a nerd, and so I love when anyone gets really technical with topics. And so your content, when I'm looking at your TikTok, I'm like, ooh, I can take notes, like, or I can like put some like connect the dots in my head. So it just makes me excited. So. I am yeah. going to get a little technical today, so I'm, yeah, I hope that's that you're awesome. ready.
1: <laughs> of course. I mean, hit it. I mean, I used to be an engineer, so that's prob- that probably explains why I'm so technical. That's the way that my brain is wired. Um, I always need, you know, proof of concept and, like, literally data in order for me to generate um, solutions and things like that. So, Love it.
0: I'm obsessed. Okay. So... To start things off, um, I know that you were you used to be a um, influencer manager, like at an agency, right?
1: I still am. <laughs> oh, you still are. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what has your experience been like doing that? Because I know you do coaching now on the side, but like, what has your experience been, and why do you love this so much?
1: Um, so basically, I mean, I've been coaching. I actually started coaching first before diving into, um, you know, talent management. And the reasoning behind that was because, you know, as an influencer, like you kind of have these like group of friends that like are kind of in the same boat as you. And I was already like telling them what's working for me, and so I was telling my for like my friends also want to like land brand partnerships and things like that. And so what we would do is we'd exchange, exchange like experiences and things that's been working for us. And so and that's something that I didn't really have when I started out back in 2012, as an influencer, like a lot of people were kind of gatekeeping and like not really telling me like how they got started and things like that. And so I really enjoyed that community aspect of it of like, Oh, like I like whatever's working for me is probably going to work for you. And then, you know, it's kind of like just adding value to each other. Um, And then as far as like talent management, I was approached by uh, my manager. So the, the, agency that I work for is also the agency that manages me. And um, the founder of the agency, we had a really good relationship. And when I got laid off, I was, I I was kind of like up and down. Um, And I'm just being transparent with you. So like, I had a lot of nights where I'm like crying, because I'm like, I, I don't know where I'm going to find Money for rent. I don't know, like how this business is gonna go. I don't know where to start and things like that. Um, and he had an idea, and he was like, "Hey, like I know this is not gonna be like um, overnight to where like you're gonna be making money and things like that. It's gonna take some time for you to build clientele and like actually secure brand deals for other people and things like that. But you're really skilled at this. Like the like by the way that we kind of coordinate with each other and work together. Like I know." the back end of like negotiating and like what hap- what goes into rates and what goes into all of the business stuff. And so he was like, you know, I think you might actually enjoy it. And at first I wasn't really like um, up for it because I was like, oh, this is going to be another job. And I didn't really want to have another job. But I was like, you know what, let's let's do it. And for me, going into it, my thought process was I only know what I know from what's worked with me. And I can offer a broader, a better perspective for my students if I'm able to expand my horizon and see what's working for a different type of, like, different types of creators. So someone who's not, like, you know, because for me, I'm, like, a micro-influencer. I can only secure so much brand partnerships. But, like, um, what about someone who's, like, a new creator but has, like, a million followers or, like, a different creator who's, like, been in the space for so long. And so there's a lot of different perspectives that I that I wanted to experience so that I could still be relevant to influencer marketing and be able to teach that to my students. So ultimately, for me, it was like, I wanted it to be a learning experience. Um, and I enjoy it. Like I enjoy it because, you know, um, every day is different. And it keeps my skills fresh and I'm able to speak from experience as opposed to, oh, I used to be an influencer or I used to land brand partnerships because I knew like it was going to slow down for me at some point. Um, But how am I going to teach my students what's up and coming and things like that if I'm no longer in the game, essentially? No, I love that.
0: Because, yeah, that is the biggest difference between you and most other agents. It's like literally, you are doing it at the same time. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you really understand what it's like on both sides. And I think that's probably helpful, too, for you, the connection between you and your clients, you know, like, Mm -hmm. they feel like, okay, if she's saying this to me, or if she's giving me critiques, or whatever, like, you actually understand. So you're not just saying it from, you know, this perspective of just trying to make some money. So yeah, I think that's really cool that you've been on all sides, like, not just the agent side, not just the influencer side, but you've also been a coach. So it's like, You really have a well-rounded perspective on this, Mm -hmm. um, which is why I'm excited to talk to you about it today. So, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, thank you for giving us that background. Um, Of course. So, like, do you say that it's better for people to seek representation? Like, should they be trying to grow and all that stuff so that they can get to the place where they can get representation? Or do you think that learning to get the brand deals on your own is just as good?
1: Um, I, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for this and I think like it's so beneficial for any business owner or, you know, creator, influencer, freelancer to learn their business first, how money is made through their business so that when they do outsource to someone like a manager, they can kind of gauge whether or not the partnership is good. They can gauge whether or not, okay, like, does this manager actually know what they're doing? Do, are they like, you know, accountable? Like, cause you know, there's a, like, you know, you have to build trust in the beginning. It's not like, um, and a lot of influencers and creators who um, come to me or or like work with me who are now clients, they're very protective of their business. And that's because they've actually done, done the work themselves. And so, and that's where I want um, creators and influencers to be when they do seek representation, because um i i want to like i want to impress them i want them i want to like do a good job and not necessarily like oh like i'm just gonna hand you everything and the keys to you know to to my business because like you know i'm not i'm not the ceo of their business they are and so like you know i'm just speaking on their behalf so if like they don't know they can't communicate um what's what's been working for them what's not working for them then I i I can't really like amplify that. So for me, like if there's a creator that's not making money and they want to make money, hiring a manager isn't going to change that because ultimately, the brand is not hiring me. the brand is hiring the creator. And so if they still don't want to work with a creator, I'm like a sick sitting duck. it's it's not gonna work.
0: yeah, that makes yeah. total sense and i I love that you said it that way, and I'm sure people listening to this are having some aha moments because. I've always heard people talk about getting a manager from the perspective of, like, the moment you get a manager, you made it and everything becomes easy. Right. But really, you you mentioned, right, you mentioned you said it as like this is outsourcing. You're outsourcing a part of your role to someone else. Mm -hmm. And so that means that what you're doing, you still need to maintain that and take it even further. If you want to keep growing things like you, things don't just automatically become easier because of that. And, and it's a working,
1: life. it's a working relationship. Like, yeah. it's not all on me. Like, I commute. Like, I, the way that I communicate with my clients, we work together. So, like, um, for example, I see a slowdown in brand partnerships that are coming in, or like the quality of brand partnerships that are coming in. So, I will bring this up to my client, and be like, "Hey, we need to get you in front of many brand, like more brands that have quality budgets, because I'm seeing the." the inbound that's coming in and we're getting a lot of like, not, not really great quality. And so tell, like, talk to me, like, who do you want to work with this year? How can we create a strategy around that? Um, And then, so when I, like, I hear their response, I'm like, okay, so here's what you need, what we need to do. We need to start like reaching out to these people or we need to start reconnecting to, um, to brands that we've worked with last year. And we kind of like, you know, split the the tasks, so that I'm not like, we're not kind of stressed out or overloaded or anything like that. But I do it in a way in a way where it, you know, like they, they understand that we're playing the long game, it's not going to be immediate. And because they've done the work before they know what the work ethic looks like. But for someone who's never bro- landed a brand partnership before on their own, and they expect a manager to do that, they don't understand that there's a there's some patience and there's a lot of mindset work that goes behind it. And I'm, I have, I have, I've had people where um, they've been doing it for so long and they still need a lot of mindset work around it. And when the, when the work slows down. And so, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. You know. I,
0: I totally, I love that you said that because I think like, um, or would you say, cause I've heard people say, When you have a manager um, or when you get a manager, oftentimes they're looking for you to already be making like a full time income, at least from partnerships, you know. And Mm -hmm. so are you always looking towards getting clients that have a lot of partnerships coming in already? Because a lot of people think that when you get a manager, they're doing so
1: much outreach.
0: So is that true or false?
1: Um, so I mean, there are agents and managers and agencies that do outreach, and we do that also, but we don't promise anything. So, like, I have relationships with brands, um, through myself, through our agency, and we kind of like look at that as more of like a treat or like a cherry on top. So, we tell them, like, yes, like, we will, like, Build those relationships for you. And um, if they're like a brand is looking for more talent, we will present the talent that we have available. Um, But ultimately, it's up to the brand to say, okay, like we want to work with this person, this person, this person. But like if we keep the expectations low, then they're not really expecting, oh, you promised me like I would make or I would be working with this brand and this brand. And so for me, like I like to be very transparent with my clients. And then as far as like income, Um, What I really look for when I say, oh, I need someone, like, I I need you to be making this much in brand partnerships before working with me, um, is consistency. I need to know that, you know, uh, like, me working with you, because from the start, I'm going to be working for free, because I only work solely off of commission. And so there's a lot of unpaid hours with, like, just responding to brands and resulting in nothing um, that they, like, you know, so... I need to make sure that, uh, like, I'm betting my time on something that I know is going to be consistent.
0: Yeah. No, that and makes so total sense. yeah.
1: So I what I'm looking for there is like um, consistency in income every single month. That you know they have a like a really good pipeline, a healthy pipeline, and then also I'm looking at the quality of brands that is seeking them out. So like when I ask questions, I always ask, okay, like who have you worked with in the past? Who's in your inbox and things like that. Um, I can immediately tell if the brands that they're attracting are quality brands or brands that won't really necessarily have the right budgets based on like, you know, I'll I'll probably have a look at their profile and I'll have kind of an idea of how much they should be charging. That makes sense.
0: And I okay, so you mentioned a second ago about like, if you know, you see a decrease in quality brands reaching out, you guys kind of put together a plan on how to Mm -hmm. attract those brands. So like, what are some main keys to attracting high quality brands?
1: Um, It's creating quality content, and making sure that you know, you're creating content that's marketable. So like when brands are Looking for creators, or like when they're casting creators, they always look at you know they look at the profile, but you know in that time frame. So usually it's like you know ten seconds or something like that. They have to see that there's a good relationship between the creator and their audience, and then their um, their content is something that they see themselves in. Like for example, oh like you know this is something that we kind of want. As a part of a campaign and things like that, um, so like those are you know some of the things, and then you you also like constantly talk about brands that you love, and so there's this thing of like oh like I'm not going to talk about this brand unless it's sponsored. I'm like no, like if you love the brand and you're truly a fan, why like it's not a bad idea to share it because trust me when when I say that brands are looking like I, there's like when. um I've had so many like relationships with brands over the years. And that's just from me talking about them organically. And so if you're already doing that, there's two things that happens. One brand, the brand is paying attention. And then two, your audience is already used to talk to you talking about brands that when it's sponsored, it's not like weird or like, oh, she's now a sellout all of a sudden, you know what I mean? So like, um, it's, it's a good regimen to keep, keep that going. And then obviously, you know, the obvious choice is also to start reaching out to brands. And that's just like, you know, introducing yourself, who you are, what you believe, what you do, and finding that connection on like why c- collaborating would be like a good idea. So after you like, let's say that you started making that shift in your content and you're like,
0: okay, I'm going to start mentioning the brands that I like and all that stuff and the content is performing and all of that would you say that's a good time to like reach out to the brand and show them the content you've already been making about them? Or do you like allow it to be inbound and just naturally happen?
1: No, if you want to reach out to the brand, like I think it's never a bad idea to just go for it. And I think like people always like wait for opportunities to fall on their lap. But I'm always a big believer in being a go getter. And that's where that's what got me to where I am today. Like, you know, as a micro, like I've been a micro influencer for so long and what created the consistency for me and what actually made me qualify for management was because I was constantly seeking out brands to work with. And this was, I was doing this on top of my really high level, like engineering job. Like I would specifically set like maybe 30 minutes to an hour of my time every single day. Looking for brands to work with, working for open jobs, op- open opportunities, creating relationships. And like, that was my goal. And that was because I was like, okay, I need to create that consistency. And so, if it's not consistent in your inbound, you need to come up with what's left over. So, for example, you're getting like one to two emails that are good from a brand, but it's not enough to kind of like create sort of a full time income. For me, I make that up by doing outreach. And I think people, like, don't understand, like, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to wait for the next one. I'm just going to be a sitting duck here because I have a million followers. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. No,
0: exactly. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So I know that a lot of people, like, because they, I'm sure there are people listening to this that are like, okay, well, I am pitching but I'm still having a hard time getting the brands to pay me what I want them to pay me. So do you think it's the quality of brand that they're reaching out to or maybe that the brand doesn't see the value in their content? We're going to get right back to the show, I promise, but really quick, if you're enjoying this episode, please take a second to rate the show on whatever platform you're listening from. You all love to send me DMs and tell me how much you love the show and share it on your story, which I really appreciate, okay? I really, really do, but I really need you to rate the show. So write all those nice words in a cute little review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, and to help you remember to do this, I've decided I'm going to start doing a giveaway every month for a $50 Amazon or Starbucks gift card. It's gonna be your choice which one you get, but this is only gonna be for the people that rate the podcast. So here's how you enter. Step one, you're gonna write a review and screenshot it. Now step two, you're gonna to go to the link in the description of this episode, or you're gonna to go to the link in my bio on my Instagram or TikTok account, and you'll see a button on that link page and it'll say podcast review, okay? You're gonna click on that, then step three, okay? This is the last and final step. You're going to fill out the form, okay? It's gonna take you to a form and you're gonna fill it out. And on that form, you just need to put your name and your contact info so I can send you the gift card. And then you're gonna upload a screenshot of this review that you put. And that's it. You are entered into the giveaway. Like I said, I'm going to be doing this every single month. So make sure you go on and leave your review so that you can be entered for this month's giveaway. And I can't wait to see your reviews. Now let's get back to the show.
1: Um, It's usually, um, you have to be like, so It's it, it all comes down to how you nurture that relationship. And so um, I think there's this like wrong expectation of like, oh, I'm going to reach out to a brand and it's going to result in a collab. And that's not always the case, unless you're like, you know, um, someone that they've, they've had on their radar, and they really want to work with and then they, they already see, oh, like this person is definitely something that's in line with what we're looking for. Um, but if it's not, there's a lot of communication back and forth and sometimes it'll result in re- rejection. It'll result in, oh, we'll keep you in mind for the future or the best that we can offer is like an affiliate or um, a gifted partnership. And so what I teach my students is usually to ask questions. So like asking them, hey, like what is it that you find valuable in creators or creators that you do pay? What is it that like what's your what are your goals? like what do you what how do you measure success and so and that like that conversation will open up a door for you to learn what the brand is looking for and if you're not there then you work towards it you figure out a solution okay so if i really wanted to work for with let's say amazon um and this is what they're looking for um is this something that's attainable, or like if, for example, if they really want, they really like, you know, like immediate sales conversions and things like that, and that you know for a fact that that's not your strong, you're not that's not your strong skill set, then you make a decision of like, okay, maybe I shouldn't waste my time like working towards this and like look elsewhere. So you're not wasting your time, and so and those are the things that you know you you kind of like look at it uh like on a technical perspective like right you, so like you know you audit the 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 results, and it's not always like you know if they say they reject you like it's not always a no it's always like okay how can what can i learn from this or like how can i um you know improve my delivery or improve my uh my content or like the way that you know i run my business so that i can yeah. attract this brand in the future
0: mm-hmm okay that makes total sense i like that and those are some good questions to ask i never thought to do that so that's a really great idea um so yeah okay so if someone is like looking to make more money from their content so your your advice is to like first one change your content up a little bit right like improve your content and and do you think that it's important to like study different creators or do you think that it's important to like kind of figure out what your own thing is that's gonna like make your content pop
1: i mean it's not it's always a it's not a bad idea to study study other creators but like if you want um the kind of results that they have um study what kind of content they produce that gets them to attract all these brands and so you like um like you know there's people that are always like sharing what what they're wearing what they like there's always like people that um organically talk about brands or like organically talk about like you know educate and things like that and so like you know there's obviously your core content that attracts an audience but like what's your what's the content that you produce that attracts the brand and then also like another thing is like paying attention to marketing trends like um and looking at what brands are posting so like you know um are they the same style as yours you know what I mean? Or if or is there something that you feel like they can improve on? So for example, a, a very obvious one is like, if you look at um, a brand's Instagram profile, and you feel like there's lack of diversity on their profile, that is like one thing that you can leverage on and be like, hey, just so you know, I feel like I, I'm such a huge fan of your brand. But it, like, I really wish you guys would um, amp like, you know, create more diversity in your feed. And I'd love to be able to help you with that. And so finding like being a, being the solution for the brand. I love that being something. the solution for the brand. That's good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. So when okay, so if somebody is like, maybe at that point where they feel like they are almost to going full time, but things are not quite consistent. Are there any tricks or tips that you have for people to like, improve the consistency of the brand deals that they're getting or would you say that's just pitching?
1: I mean um, you know a lot of people that are almost like full- time understand that you know brand deals come in waves and so there will be months where it's like a lot lower than um, others and that's just like because of the way you know their, the marketing budgets are available and then also seasons of like bu- like buying seasons. And so, for example, like, you know, the holidays are always, like, the busiest and where you get the most opportunity because brands are always trying to push their sales, push, like, um, like things that are tr- they're trying to sell and things like that. And so, like, you have to, like, you know, brands or influencers and creators that have been working with brands for a while understand that. Um, and so, for me, um, I think, like, you know, aside from, like, pitching... Um, is trying to be a little bit more creative and thinking outside the box on how you can work with a brand. So like, you know, there's, you know, you have to think about like long-term, like who are the brands that you really love working with and proposing something long-term? Do you have an idea that you can present that you can be like, Hey, let's do kind of like a year long series on this topic. And, you know, and be like, you know, you know, I I typically charge like, you know, I know I know like from our previous partnerships, I I like typically charge this, but if we commit to a year long, I can you know you you guys can save money and like do it for this th- just this much, um, and then you know kind of thinking of other ways that you can promote the brand. So for me, it's like you know I let brands tap into my newsletter or like if i'm if i host a lot of workshops and um sometimes i'll um you know talk about a specific brand and that's like a like a brand partnership so like just being like being proactive and looking for other ways to um collaborate with the brands that you love I love that tip, And that's good for anybody that's a coach that
0: is listening. Yeah. Cause yeah, we always use examples. <laughs> and stuff. So that's, that's actually great because thousands of people end up yeah. doing that stuff. So, right. Yeah. And there's
1: a lot of ways that you can collaborate with a brand than just the standard ad. Like you can be a contributor for them or like, um, and this is like where, you know, you can also be a UGC creator and just be like, Hey, like, do you have, do you need more content for your ads or um, for your, socials in general and things like that how can like be like pretty much like where are the the gaps that i can fill yeah yeah oh, yeah
0: i love that okay so going into ugc i love that you brought that up so <laughs> do you i know people it's like such a hot topic on tiktok right now but so um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah.
1: it's not it's not new like i don't understand it's like not. People, people are so like oh it's this new thing i'm like no no. <laughs> I was literally talking about this two years ago and now you guys are just putting putting UGC on your handles like it's nobody's business. But you know right. that's, now, that's cool. now it's a that's whole cute. brand. New, but, um, <laughs> but so is
0: do you feel like that is like oversaturated or is that the perfect way to like start supplementing your income as an influencer? You know, like what do you feel is in regards to that?
1: I mean, it definitely like opens the door for people who aren't really like looking to be like a person of influence, um, for people who just love creating and, you know, um, it's, I mean, I definitely, like, I, I I definitely want to say like, yes, it's becoming more saturated and with people that are attracted to the fact that, oh, like I can just make money by just pressing record and like doing all this stuff but like there's like a, a some like a lack of posture let's say like so for the lack of better word there's a lot of I there's like a few videos that went viral that I saw that really made me so uncomfortable and that's because there's um a lack of context on like oh like you know you can make money just sending this like sending a video to a brand and making money off of it. you charge 50 dollars I was like what 50 dollars <laughs> are you serious and so, like, um, I think there's definitely like a lack of information on an education on how to properly do it because now, like, you know, brands have this idea that, like, oh, like UGC, I can, like, you know, offer them a hundred dollars and they'll do it, like, and but there's like so many nuances to a piece of content that people don't understand, and I think that's going to um, definitely weed out the ones that are, you know, going to actually make a good income out of it. Like a good income out of it without being overworked. Because, you know, like, yeah, you can make ten K months and like make a six figure income creating UGC, but like if you're overworked with like a million videos a month, like that's not sustainable. So like after after like a year or two you're gonna be like, What the heck am I doing? And and I've seen so many cre- like influencers that don't even create that much that much content, getting burnt out from from brand partnerships, and it be- it's become a chore and um, like a job. It, it feels like a job for them, and it's not supposed to feel like a job. And so, when it gets to that point, you have to ask yourself, like, what's the end goal? Like, what is your end goal? Is it just you just created another job for yourself, or is Is it to be an actual business owner and like impact and, you know, do, do something completely different. How do you want to stand out? And I think like um, with the saturation, the people that will stand out are the ones that are, are business savvy and like coming up with solutions for the brand, as opposed to just, and a strategy for the brand, as opposed to just, Oh, like we're just going to film this video.
0: Right. Right. No, exactly. And I think too, like, one thing that i found weird or that has made it kind of hard for me when it comes to ugc is because i know a lot of times when people are reaching out for me to do ugc i'm they're wanting to use my likeness you know like that that's what they're banking on it's like okay well i don't to prepare to post it but when i post it it's gonna you know it's all it's almost like backlinking in an seo like <laughs> it's the credibility that it brings and so um like that's not I don't know if that's a thing to charge for your likeness, but yes it is. You, is it? Okay. Yeah, because I was just like I feel like that's a thing and I'm like yeah. I feel like if you're past a certain point when you are an influencer, that needs to become a conversation if it's uh, yeah. not already. So and, yeah. and
1: it's it's gonna be about the same. Mm, unfortunately. Okay. And so like, you know, um it's it's funny. There's actually like a brand that um reached out to me as a manager for a client and um they were offering uh like a ugc project essentially to um a micro influencer and the budget was like so low and i was like no like i'm not gonna she's not gonna work free for that and then had the nerve to ask for my roster and offered like uh like someone who had a hundred thousand followers like really i don't know like a thousand I don't remember what the, what the the exact numbers were, but they were like ridiculous. I'm like, I feel embarrassed like even presenting this to people. And, and so I had that conversation with them and I was like, Hey, like, I just, so you know, like, um, Yes, while you're hiring for, like, you know, um, a UGC where, you know, they don't have to post it and things like that. Like, you also have to understand that, like, these people are recognizable. And so, like, what in the event that someone recognizes them and, like, sees, oh, like, I'm a huge fan of this person. Like, of course I'm going to buy. There's, like, a a likeness tax to that. And so, um, and and it's crazy because they actually took it well. And ended up ended up hiring me to do a UGC video. And the budget was great. I was like, oh, I'm actually really proud. <laughs> Cause they ended up hiring me as the creator. And I was the the last time I was talking to them was as the manager. And so I was like, oh, kudos. But like, you know, it's very rare that you see that kind of conversation turning into something good. But like, you know, yes, like you have to consider um your likeness and your recognizability especially if you're already growing your following and there's people that that'll know hey that's naomi exactly, <laughs> exactly. yeah
0: yeah and i mean and that's the whole reason they're reaching out they know that you know mm-hmm. and so it just it's like a, a weird thing when they like try to lowball you like that as, yeah. as if they're to get a deal because you're not posting it and
1: it's like yeah and, no. and because and because they're betting on UGC creators not knowing what they're doing, mm-hmm. not knowing yep. that oh, like it's not normal to be charging one hundred and fifty for a video. Like right. no, <laughs> not normal. <It's> not normal <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
0: I think that I'm glad that we um, addressed that. Cause I'm sure there's somebody listening to this that has been getting yeah, off for
1: UGC, right? And then if you mm-hmm. like like and most of them want usage forever and i'm like yes okay are you char- are you charging for the usage or is that just a flat fee of like everything i'm just like no just right. a flat fee for everything and i'm like oh uh, right it's just I was <laughs> like you know this could very well be a four figure deal depending on how long the usage is like what 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 duration of usage are you talking about <laughs> right
0: no and then speaking of that let's just get on into contracts so there and that was a learning curve for me because um a friend of mine she's she actually has management and she, this was like a year or two ago. I was like, Oh my gosh, I think it was like Facebook. They had reached out and I was like, okay, I don't want to do this deal wrong because <laughs> like this one, I'll really shoot myself in the foot if I do this wrong. And so I was asking her and I was like, I, I feel like there's other things I need to be charging for. And she was like, yeah, exclusivity usage, all these things. And I'm like, what, what is, what is going on? How do I even charge for that? What is the structure? I don't know. But I know that there are a lot of people now having that conversation um, but I know it's still like confusing and overwhelming and they're not sure how to go about pricing for that. So mm-hmm. it's like one, are there certain things that need to be in every contract? And then two, how do you go about figuring out what your rate should be for those additional things?
1: Um, so I mean, there's it's definitely something that I talk like I teach I teach my students inside my programs. But um when you're communicating with a brand. Um, the very first thing that you have to address before even setting prices and like agreeing on everything is making sure that you do have those conversations. What's the usage? Is there going to be exclusivity? What's the timeline? Because like, if they want it like in two days, then you have to charge additional for s- expedited work because it's like taking time away from something else that you could be doing just so you can get this content done. And sometimes like there are people that have to go out or like travel to get something done or like hire help or, um, like come up with props and things. There's a lot, there's a lot that, ha- that goes on with creating content. It's not, it's not just pressing record. Um, and then as far as usage, um, usually for me to keep things simple there's two types there's organic and pain so organic um and this is just like you know typical and things like that it could be more complex than that but like if you think about you know paparazzis and like you know video videographers photographers they do know a lot of about usage and things like that or like even um like mu- like musical artists like there's a lot, they, they, they like, it's basically licensing of your content. So like, if you're licensing your content to like organically, that, that usually means you're, they're going to be posting it on their social media. Um, they're just like repurposing your content for that. And that's usually what, it, what that means, or they're going to put it like, for example, like, um, there's a product and they want to use like influencer photos for, to showcase how the product looks. So that could be organic as well. And then paid is when they use it for ads. So they put an ad spend behind it. So like when your content becomes marketing content, you have to make sure that you're charging for that because there's, you know, they're, they're making money off of your content. Right.
0: So when when brands are reposting your images and all that stuff, they need to have
1: the rights to do that. Right. mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you just filmed it on your phone.
0: It's still your
1: content. Right. And so, like, you, 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 I mean, I think there's like um, a lawyer on Instagram that has a lot of really good examples on this. His name mm-hmm. is Robert Friend, Ro- okay. Robert Friend Law. And like, um, he posts a lot of like really good high level examples of why like you need to be charging for usage and things like that. Like, for example, paparazzi, paparazzi love to sue celebrities for, um, there are photos being used because even if they're the one, even if they're the ones in the photo, it's still owned by them. And so if you screenshot it and then you post it on your profile, like you've just stolen intellectual property.
0: Wow. Even if you screenshot it, that's crazy.
1: Wow. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So
1: you have to be like, you know, mindful that that, like, even if you're in a small scale, it's still licensing your content. And so, um, and that's kind of where usage comes into play. And then, um, as far as exclusivity, there's two different ways like, there's um, two different types of exclusivity that I like to teach, or like, two examples per se. So, like, um, exclusivity is basically like if a brand tells you you can't partner with our competitors for a duration of time and things like that. Um, and uh, it really depends on like, so it's basically like um, potential loss of work. So like, for example, if a brand was like, oh, you can't work with this brand, this brand, this brand for like three months, and let's say it's like a beauty brand, and your niche is like beauty. So like that is potential loss of work. So like, in those, let's say three months, in those three months, how many potential partnerships are you um, thinking like you're you're potentially going to lose? And so um, some people like, for example, like every three for the three months, let's say three partnerships, some people can do more, um, depending on like, you know, how intricate the exclusivity clauses. And then for and then there are times when you actually charge zero. So for example, um, if you worked with a mattress brand, and they said you have to be exclusive with a mattress brand for a year, the likelihood of you partnering with another mattress brand and actually replacing the mattress that you have in a year is zero. Yeah, unless unless you like move to a different like country or a different state where, you know, you wouldn't want to haul the mattress to another state. Um, but, you know, the likelihood of that very small. And so for that case, you charge zero. And so it's really, it, and this is why like there's no standard and there's no, nothing like cookie cutter with rates and things like that, because every case is different. And this is like something that I communicate with people on social media so much. And sometimes it can get exhausting, but like, you know, you have, like you have to get it, drill it in their minds that every partnership is different and that's why you just need to learn the context behind it, because that kind of like gives you the solution. And that's kind of how my brain works. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, yeah. I literally just had a situation like that. Um, and I want to say this, because if there's anyone listening and you don't have management like me, it's really important to like stick to your guns because they are going to bank on the fact that you don't know what you're doing. And so I had a partnership recently where the brand definitely had the money to pay and they ended up paying, but they kept trying to push and say, "Oh, we don't have the budget for that. We can't do that." We and I'm like, as much because after they after I saw the brief and everything that was included in this campaign, it was a big campaign that they were going to be pushing like commercially. And I was like, "I know you have the money for this. I know because they wanted exclusivity." And so I was like, "Either you're going to have to lower the months that I'm going to be exclusive to you guys, because it was like a long list of brands I couldn't work with, mm-hmm. um, or you're just going to have to pay extra." And so I was like, "I'm not. I'm not stupid. Like I know." That you've already planned for this and you knew that this was going to be a conversation and so then eventually they just ended up paying but i was just like that's crazy and i and i had to end up really like explaining like i understand what's going on here and and this is why like even though i know they know why i'm like let me just go on and explain why i can't accept this rate so that they know that i'm not stupid um Mm -hmm. but it's so important to like double down on those things and not give in because they have they'll They know what they're asking for a lot of times they have it they're just trying to see how much they can save on that campaign and Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is but and then another thing with the usage there was the first time i had seen somebody do this was this girl on youtube and she had done like a whole tutorial on how to set up a shopify store and then eventually on there it it said that she didn't have the rights to the content anymore or something like that and i found out she ended up selling that video to shopify and they had it on their website and i thought that was the coolest thing i was like oh my gosh i didn't know you could do that But that is like an example of selling and licensing your content for usage. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, there's just so many ways you can do it. But I like that you gave the example of paparazzi and stuff too. Right. And I mean, like
1: now um, it's crazy because like before, like I used to work with photographers for like, like just like branding shoots and things like that. And like Mm -hmm. my, their fee for me was really low. But now because like, you know, I'm, I'm using it for like selling my products and like, you know, marketing my programs and things like that, like. My my fee went from like let's say three hundred to like the thousands, and that's because they understand that you know I'm going to be making money by using their photos, and so and that's kind of like where you need to be like that's how you should be thinking. It's like how can I make sure that I'm not leaving any money on the table, and that just comes with you know one practice and number two education. And like it's not you know the man like manager is not always going to be the solution. Like you have to know these things because like in the event that like you got a manager who maybe missed something then at least you have the experience to be like oh wait a minute like we missed something let's let's regroup or something like that but like be- because you you 100% trust your manager will know what they're doing that like you're just going to rely on them for your business growth and like the money that you're making and like keeping the roof over your head no right <laughs> no and you know what
0: as you were saying that it made me think um years ago i heard that oprah still manages her own money and i'm i'm sure she has a financial advisor and all these different things but like she still is like aware of like what's going on with her finances and every little thing but it's like if she prioritizes that and, <laughs> and double checking things then it's like, we should be applying that same mentality to our business deals and all that. It's like, yeah. sometimes we're just so trusting that like, oh, they just know more or they're going to handle it better or whatever. But it's like, no, this, mm-hmm. this is your business now. Like you should be understanding this stuff. And yeah, and it's, yeah.
1: And it's crazy too. Cause like I've um, trained so many, like a lot, like most of my successful students, Like in the beginning of working with me, they're like, you know, they, their goal was like to be managed by me one day and like, um, maybe qualify for management. But at the the end of like that, like me training them, they're like, I enjoy this. Like, I don't even know if I want to give a manager 20% of my earnings. If I know I can do this on my own and take, like keep the hundred percent, you know what I mean? And it just comes down to you actually doing the work and like being comfortable with it. It's going to be uncomfortable and because you just you've never done it before but like you know the more you practice and um the more you kind of educate yourself on like the context of things like rates and like um where the brand like like being a few steps ahead of the brand like yeah it becomes kind of a game and it's super Mm -hmm. fun and it is that's why that's why i love doing it
0: (laughs) yeah and i feel like once like just from what i've seen with coaching and stuff it's like Everything is frustrating until it clicks. And then the moment it clicks, you're like, oh, I like this. I get it now. And then it, like you said, it becomes a game. And so I think, like, if you are starting to get into influencing and you're feeling frustrated, educate yourself. Go sign up for Naomi's program. And actually, I want to talk about your program. So I'm glad you brought it up. Um, But yeah, sign up, learn, educate yourself so that you can actually start enjoying this because the more you know, the more you'll be
1: able to enjoy it.
0: Um, Okay. So, in your program, what are people going to learn?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I have a few programs. So I have the Spawn Master course, which is kind of self-paced. Everything is pre-recorded and um, they all, and the goal is pretty much all the same. It's just like in different levels. Right. So, um, and then I have my Spawn Master mini mind, which is essentially kind of a hybrid version of the Spawn Master. So like 12 weeks, they get me on demand kind of like going through the course with them and giving them exercises and um, answering their questions and having more support. Is that the one that you've been promoting? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, So it's like a 12 week program and essentially like they get access to the course and weekly coaching calls with me and another coach um, kind of answering their questions, um, going through like auditing like all of their work and things like that. Like, and like helping them answer emails, setting rates, um, helping them like coming up with exercises for them to kind of practice on. Um, and then I have my six month mastermind and that's for people that really want to scale their business. And so while yes, brand deals are a great source of income, it's not going to be, you know, the old, like that shouldn't only be your source of income. And like, you know, you, you know, people of influence creators have something of value and that shouldn't only service brands. And so for me, like I'm a firm believer of like, you know, if you're already offering value for your audience, like amplify that and like think long-term like the long game of like how do you want your you know your career to look like 10 years from now and things like that and so that's kind of what what I go go over with so like coming up with new products um or like you know products that they can sell maybe like a merch or like a digital product or like a membership or something like that and just like really get creative in like serving their community and so but the basis of like all my programs is essentially for them to learn the business side of influence. And so, like for me, like you know, everyone can like everyone's already a creative, right? And so you learn you learn as you go and like a lot of us started this out as like a hobby and like a creative outlet. I just want to like show people who I am and things like that. And um most there's so many programs already like Um, helping people how to grow and like helping people how to create content more effectively and like um, staying on top of like trends and how like, like people consume content and how those kind of evolve over time. But like people don't really like have a lot of um, ground or like foundation on the business side. And I think for me, that's where um, I found most interesting. And like, as I transitioned from it being a hobby to now like being a multi six figure business owner, like, there's a lot of things that I had to learn myself. Come on, multi six figure business owner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, there's a lot of things that I had to learn myself. And I'm like, it took me eight years to go full time. I don't want that forever. I don't want people to go through that in the same amount of time. Like, and that's just because there was a lot like not a lot of, um, available resources out there. And so for me, I was like, I want to, I want to be that big sister and just be like, Hey, like, I want to help you succeed at this in a shorter amount of time. Cause seven, eight years was not, it's not, it's not the business. you know. <laughs> um, so like, for me, it's just like mastering, you know, like, um, like the art of like landing brand deals and like attracting brands constantly. And like, it all adds up. And so I think people like come up with like, oh, like now I'm like creating I have a million followers, let me try to do like, um, the next step, which is monetization, but they don't understand that it's it's not like this, it's like this, like you've just added some something else on your plate, but like people don't want to add more to their plate. But like, when you're uh, an entrepreneur, your your goal is to stretch. And so it's and then when you get to that point where you're like tapped out, then that's when you start outsourcing. But like you still have to know all the all the parts of your business in order for you to thrive. And so I think for me, like, you know, teaching people like the monetization is just as important because those are the ones that actually make you money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you don't want to be a starving artist all your life. Like, you know, start like starving artists. Are starving because they didn't learn the business side. Mm, Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're like, yeah, like you know, I'm I'm creative and like unique and things like Mm -hmm. that. It's like, okay, yeah, but is where's the is there a structure behind it? Right. And like, I know, like, there's this like thing where like people like, oh, like structure kills creativity, but like also structure is the one that makes you money. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) I'm sorry to say that, like, but it's you know, it's it's what makes you money. So like, you you know, you you can be creative like all you want but like if that's not a money-making task maybe you need to make time for the money-making task in order for you to make money yeah. so no
0: you said a whole lot in that <laughs> <laughs>
1: no seriously you are totally right so, so okay, yeah like okay. essentially just teaching creators how to be business owners because they have to own it like own it that you're a business because when you're working your your brands are your clients so yes you are a business
0: Yes, I love that. Yes, your brands are your clients. That's good. Yeah. So in your program, like, has there been anybody that, like, their transformation was just,
1: like, so exciting to you? Oh, God, so many. Like, I am honestly, like, so proud of my students. Like, I just have, like, such a wonderful group of people. Um, I have, like, one of the latest ones that I can probably think of off the top of my head was, like, she was, she just had a lot of, like, um... I guess like uh, she she had a lot of fear because just because it's like her first time doing things. And so, um, and a lot of people, like, especially when when they grow, they're really uncomfortable with like, oh, I should be making this much off of a post. Like, but it's just a post. Like, I've been doing this for so long. Like, this is not a big deal. But they have like, once you understand like, oh, like that's what they're paying for. They're paying not just for the post, but they're paying for the followers. They're paying for all the hard work that you've put in unpaid um, on top of that, and so like you know, with her like, um, now she's like been able to like charge three times what she was, um, like charging for prior, and then also like, um, she had an she had an idea of like, oh, should I sell, like I have this um, product idea, should I sell it? And I just told her I was like, hey, get messy, just like talk about it on stories and like say I'm gonna sell this for whatever. And now she's she's actually paid off she actually paid off the entire like six month program just by selling that one product. And, um, and I'm really happy because it's like in line, like it's very on brand for um, like her content. And so she's not only just working with brands, but she's now like giving something back for her, her followers, which is awesome. And then, yeah. And then I have another student like, or actually had a few students last year that made six figures, which I, literally did not like I had no idea unless, until they like, they talked about it on TikTok, And I was like, wait a minute, right, you didn't tell me this. <laughs> I, and and it was just crazy. Because like, in the beginning of the year, like, um, she went through the rate exercise um, in my course, and she was like, Is this right? Like, am I doing this? Right? Like, she did the calculus, she even did it by hand. And I was like, you know, that's that sounds good to me. And then when she started doing that, she went from, like I guess, like charging 650 for a post to like 4000 which is crazy.
0: And wow. then made
1: six figures like in the year. And I was like, that's amazing. And I find out by watching her TikTok.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like oh, you're man. supposed to be telling me that, man. <laughs> no, but my I, students, my students have done that too. Fun. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me?
1: it's it's crazy and then it kind of just snowballed and just be like oh like you know like when when things like that happen and they talk about it like in the community or like the facebook group that i have or like in the slack channels like it kind of creates a momentum they're like oh this person like did that like i should be doing more and so like Mm -hmm. it kind of like creates this like um, it kind of gamifies things where it's like, oh, yeah. like, let me see how much I like what I can do and, mm-hmm. you know, um, motive, like it's like it's like motivating each other, which is awesome. And I'm super proud of them.
0: That is awesome.
1: I love it. OK, so I always like to close
0: things out with this question. What does it mean to you to be a wealthy woman?
1: Oh, God, I think for me, it's being able to help people and having the means to do that so I think for like you know I'm you know I'm an immigrant and um I've like you know I've always we like my parents were never like wealthy or anything like that and so like you always have to work hard for things that you want and it's always been in my core to be able to help people and my parents always like taught me to be like generous and like giving and like being of value. And I think like now that like I have some sort of like credibility and authority and like um, I'm where I am, like I I have the opportunity to open more doors for people. Like you know, being able to you know employ people with jobs and like you know being um, able to help people make money. Um, but and to me, like that's so empowering because I'm. I'm able to impact people in that way, because, you know, it it was hard, like, you know, from like, you know, the pandemic, people getting laid off and things like that, like, that's hard. Like, I, I had experienced that, like, I experienced get, getting laid off twice. And so and, and that's, that's not easy yeah um, and so for me to be able to come up with a solution and like teaching people how to stand on their own two feet mm-hmm. is everything. And I think yeah. you know that's what it means to be a wealthy woman is being able to help others.
0: I love that. that is awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Naomi this is so.
1: Yeah, this is such a great conversation. <laughs> I didn't even realize we we were like talking for an hour. I know I'm like, oh God, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I cannot keep you forever. Um, But where can people find you if they want to like, you know, get engaged with your content and also if they want to join your program? Of
1: course. Well, I mean, I am on Instagram and TikTok. My handle is Naoms, N-A-O-H-M-S. That is my nickname. And that, you know, my, my closest friends, cousins, aunts, uncles, that's what they called me when I was a kid. So, um, and yeah. So I have, you know, I have free resources on my website, naomesmedia.com. So I have like a free email, um, pitch template that people can download. And then also a free workshop, um, if they're looking to secure, uh, or turn gifted offers into paid brand deals, um, just kind of how to leverage that. Um, and I have, um, programs. So I have my Swan master course, which is, like self-paced. So if you like to work independent and just you know need the information, consume it and apply and you're kind of like you know self-motivated, that's perfect for you and also the most cost efficient. Um, and then I also have um like kind of in per like on demand personalized group programs. So I have the Spawn Master Mini mind which is the hybrid version of my course. Um, and then I have a six month mastermind for like people who are looking to scale their business and actually be the CEO of their own business. And, um, I teach how to, you know, create systems and like, um, create, like create other streams of income and solidify, also solidify their brand new income. So I have those, um, and yeah, I think that's, is that it? I don't know. Yeah. I think well, if there's, if there's anything
0: else, I'll put it in the description of the show. So. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So all the links will be there if you're listening to this episode. Um, but thank you so much, girl, for being on the show. This is so much. Nice. I
1: love this conversation so much. Thank you for coming up with those questions. Of course. <laughs>